In this week's episode of the Little Tots Big Talks podcast, I'm answering some of the common questions that I get about conscious or gentle parenting. We'll talk about how and when to get started, talk about some of the common issues that arise, like what to do if my partner's not on board, and we'll talk about some of the resources you can use to get started. Welcome, I am Ryan Allen with Preschool Therapy, and this is the Little Tots Big Talks podcast. In the world of parenting, Everybody has advice to give, and as a child therapist, I was always aware of the shame and blame-based misinformation and conflicting information that is out there. Then I became a father, and I felt all that pressure firsthand. So I created this podcast to give parents a supportive, shame-free place to get science-based information. I will be your guide, your cheerleader, and your coach as we talk all things parenting, from tantrums to potty training to anxiety. Now, let's get into this week's episode. I have been making content on gentle parenting and conscious parenting for over almost two years now, really since the pandemic hit and I started TikTok in the June of that year. And since doing that, there are some common themes that I get, questions that show up a lot, and I do make a lot of videos about these, but I figured I would have one place where we can talk about all of these things, and that is why we're going to cover it today. So one of the first questions I always get is, can I get started now? Or what is an age where I can actually start this? And to tell you the truth, there is no time where it is too early or too late to be able to start gentle parenting. And I will tell you that as a new time father, I have an infant. Well, not an infant anymore. He's growing too fast. Uh, he is almost 10 months old now. And I have been doing some form of conscious parenting since he was born. Because a lot of parenting, especially with conscious parenting, is an inner awareness, which means that we are being aware of what is going on with us in a lot of these moments. So when we are getting stressed, instead of putting the blame on children as an authoritarian parent might, or being just like, uh, whatever happens, happens as a permissive parent might do, as a conscious parent, we're trying to be aware of what is happening in the moment internally trying to work through that and then finding a way that I can then interact with my child better. So one of my favorite examples, and I have talked about this on TikTok quite a bit, is when I had woken up one morning, it was probably three or 4 a.m. because, you know, that's what two and three month olds like to do. They like to wake up at that time uh, because they can't sleep all night yet. And I was downstairs, I was sitting on my couch, and I was trying to feed the baby. And of course, I'm tired and cranky, and uh, the bottle's in his mouth, and he's doing great, he's eating, no problems. And then all of a sudden, he just starts to lose it. He starts getting mad, he won't take the bottle, I know he's hungry because he hasn't eaten very much of it, and... I start to get really frustrated. I start to like wiggle the nipple around in his mouth like, dude, just take it. It's right there. I know you're hungry. I get it. That's why you're crying. But just take the bottle. And this went on for a little while. And then I stopped and I took a breath. And I'm like, look, this is a two-month-old. And the only way that they communicate something is through their crying. So what are they trying to communicate? And what is really going on here? Because Every other time that I've given him this bottle, it goes well. So I stop. I take a breath. I'm like, I know I'm tired, but we can do this. And then I look at the nipple and I realize, oh, it's clogged. And 
At that moment, I'm able to unclog it, give it back to him, and he eats great. No more problems. That is an example of conscious parenting with a two-month-old. A lot of what conscious parenting is is being aware of what we are doing and how we're feeling in a moment and then trying to adapt it so that we can better manage and work with our children uh, in order to reduce the power struggles that we often get into in the more uh, severe or strict styles of parenting. So while you're working with a child who is not verbal yet, uh, what you want to do is focus on understanding their body language, trying to help them communicate by saying, oh, I see how upset you are. You don't want to get your diaper changed right now. Or, wow, you're so excited to see mommy. Or, oh, I can tell you're getting really cranky. It looks like maybe it's time for a nap. Do you? Are you tired? And by doing that, we are, one, recognizing their body language, and we're also giving them eventually the words that they'll be able to start describing this stuff on their own. A lot of what gentle parenting is, is it's small growth that turns into big changes much later on. And these small things that we're doing with an infant are really helpful because it creates a system and a way of being that eventually will pay off. Now, the other question I get is on the other end of this is, is it too late for me to start gentle parenting? And to that, I also give you a resounding no. It is never too late. I have heard of parents who started doing gentle parenting when they were in their adult, like when their children were adults. And uh, I just spoke with another creator on TikTok named Opal Wells, who talked about how their parent, I think she said, started when um, she was 25. So and it, it helped their relationship. So even if you have an adult child and you are trying to start doing this style of parenting, it is okay. It is never too late to start being more aware and understanding and to apply empathy skills. And not only will it help your children, it will also help your other relationships with adults, your partner, your employees, your employer, etc. So, the answer on when can I start, the answer is always right now. Now, uh, what are some resources? I also get this question a lot. What are some resources that I can use that will help me get started with gentle parenting? There is one book that I recommend to everyone, and that is No Drama Discipline. It is one of the absolute best parenting books out there. If you watch any of my content, you will see all of those authors, their resources and information eking into my content because it is just so valuable. The authors are Dr. Dan Siegel and Tina Prane Bryson, who is a PhD. Uh, both of them are very well understand and read in parenting, and they have put their knowledge into these books. Um, so no drama discipline is great just general parenting to understand a little bit more of what's going on in the brain with kids uh, and to get a little bit more of a foundational knowledge on no drama discipline. You can do their other book, which is called Whole Brain Child. Both of those are fantastic. You can do the audio versions of them. I loved them both. Uh, there is another book that they did called Brainstorm, and that is for the parents of the teenagers out there. So uh, it is another great read um, for older kids and helps you understand some of the brain and what's going on. They pull a lot of actual research and brain information that we're getting because this has been the decade of the brain and we're learning so much more about uh, what is going on in the mind of children and teens, which is helping us be better at parenting them. So 
those would be the books. Another great book I recommend is really two of them. One is called How to Talk So Kids Listen and Listen So Kids Talk. Uh, one of the author's name is Faber, F-A-B-E-R. Uh, and then their daughter wrote another book, which is called How to Talk So Little Kids Listen. And this is more for those of you who are parenting toddlers and preschoolers. Uh, both of those are amazing books and um, highly recommend them. Uh, and then I would take those and I would just start applying things that you're getting from them before you read more. There are many, many books out there and you can spend your entire time reading them. But then you, next thing you do is you turn around and you're like, oh, wow, my two-year-old's all of a sudden five and I haven't applied any of this stuff. So the best thing you can do is start applying it and seeing what you can um, learn and how you can adapt it to your life. Uh, rather than just going into information overload. Um, I'm guilty of doing that too. So I'll read a bunch of stuff and then never actually do the thing. But in parenting, it is much better and much more valuable to read maybe one, maybe two books, start applying it and learning from it. And then you can always add more to your repertoire as you go. Um, other resources, there are many uh, resources out there on social media. I follow a ton of them on TikTok. Uh, a lot of them are uh, more parent coaches or just people who are doing this and have learned uh, just through uh, applying these strategies. Uh, Jess Martini is one on TikTok. High Impact Club and Rachel and Rogers are on TikTok. Um, Opal Wells, who I mentioned earlier, is on TikTok. And those are some of my favorite content uh, creators there. On Instagram, as well as a podcast, uh, you have Mr. Chaz, C-H-E-A-Z-Z, C-H-A-Z-Z. Uh, he has Instagram. He also does TikTok, but more on Instagram and has a podcast. Uh, and it has a fantastic information on there. Um, Big Little Feelings is also on Instagram. And I would highly encourage you to read and watch uh, her their videos. Um because they have uh, not just videos, but they also have a lot of uh, content that you can read through. So uh, those are my probably my bigger social media. I'm probably missing some, and I apologize. Uh, but those are some of the big ones that I can think of right off the top of my head. Um, and again, I think the most important thing you can do is start to get these resources and then just start applying them. And that's the biggest thing that I think uh, I see a lot of parents struggling with is uh, they want to know all the answers before they do anything. And the best thing you can do is just try it out, see what works and what doesn't for your family, and then learn from there. Okay, next question. Um, does conscious parenting create kids who walk all over their parents? Or does it create entitled youth? Or is this just permissive parenting? And the answer is no. Uh, it does not create entitled youth. It doesn't have kids that are walking all over their parents. And it is absolutely not permissive parenting. If you go back to my previous podcast, we talked a little bit more about what this style of parenting is. But to help you just to grasp it, permissive parenting does not really have any boundaries or has very few boundaries. And they're not good at enforcing them. So they might be the style of parent that's like, if you don't do this on the count of three, one, two, two and a half, two and three quarters, I'm going to get to three and they never get to three because they don't actually enforce the boundaries. Or they might say, if you do that, then you're going to lose your tablet for the rest of the day. And then they do it. And then they're like, they take the tablet for an hour maybe. And then they're like, all right, fine. Here, you can have your tablet back. They don't enforce or stick to what they say. Conscious parenting is the opposite of that. Uh, we have very high boundaries, we're, but we're just much more respective than an authoritarian parent would be. We try and work with our children for their developmental level. We're also trying to help kids be able to um, 
problem solve and understand why these rules exist so they can make healthier and better decisions. A big part of conscious parenting is we're trying to teach kids the skills that will carry with them for the rest of their life. And the only way we can really do that is to help them learn how to think. Now, that doesn't mean that if we say, no, you can't have ice cream because we're getting ready to eat dinner, that then we're going to be like, well, <sighs> tell me why you want ice cream. And they're going to say, well, because it's good and I want it. And then you say, well, um, we can't have ice cream because you're going to spoil your dinner. And then they're going to say, well, but no, I won't. I promise I'll eat my dinner too. Now, yes, it's okay to have those conversations. At the same time, we want to make sure that we're still holding the boundary. And we say, look, we eat ice cream either for some of you, we can do that during dinner. Like it'll be something that's on your plate that you can eat while you're eating your other dinner. Or it can be, we eat dessert after dinner right? That's when we do our ice cream. And we set that boundary and we hold it. And we say that's because it's healthier. We want to make sure that you're eating good foods as well as eating the ice cream. And we want to make sure that you understand that um, that we have an expectation that we are going to eat our dinner before or um, while we're eating our dessert, right? So we are still able to hold these really firm boundaries, um, but we're also able to be adaptable to kids. So for those of you who are, might be raising a teenager, if they're like, um, I'd like my my curfew to be at nine o'clock instead of eight o'clock. Is that okay? Now, an authoritarian parent might be like, no, absolutely not. It's eight o'clock. And if you're even a minute late behind that, you are going to not be able to go out for the rest of the month, right? Um, or a week or whatever. A permissive parent is going to be like, sure, do whatever you want. Go ahead. You want it to be nine? fine. If they come in at 930, then they're like, eh, you know, try to do it better next time. An authoritative parent is going to say, tell me, yeah, why, what is it about nine o'clock that's important to you? Let's talk about it. And then you're going to be able to have a conversation and you can adapt your rules as such. And that's perfectly okay. And it's healthy for kids to be able to learn how to negotiate things because then when they get into the real world, I, I struggle with that word, real world. But then when they get into the world and they're working with uh, their peers and they say, hey, I want to do X and they can, and, and your child has, has learned how to negotiate and navigate things. So they might be able to offer an alternative or if they get into work and they say, um, this is the starting salary. And you say, well, you know what? I was thinking I would actually start with this rate. They'll actually be able to have these conversations rather than just expecting that uh, an authority figure gets to make all of the decisions. I'm never allowed to have any input. We want kids to actually question the world. That's how the world gets better. So conscious parenting has a lot of boundaries and expectations. They're just worded and they're enforced in a way that uh, encourages kids to one, understand why they exist. We never say things like, because I said so. Uh, we say, this is why the rule exists. And if a child asks, why does it exist? And I can't answer it, then that might be a sign that I need to Relook at the rule and say, okay, maybe you don't need to have this or look at what is it bringing up in me that's making me have this rule. That way I can then explain it and articulate it better to my kids. Along these lines, uh, and what I find with a lot of parents, especially parents who maybe came up in an authoritarian background, is they ask, well, if I use a stern voice, is that is that okay? And the answer is Absolutely right? A lot of times in communication, we look at things as an aggressive or a permissive style of communication. Permissive is very passive. Oh yeah. Hey, could you, um, could you not yell at me like that? Um, an aggressive is going to say, if you ever yell at me like that again, I swear I will, you will regret it, right? They're going to use threats and stuff like that. 
But it is okay also to be assertive and say, hey, I'm not okay with you yelling at me like that. If you'd like to talk to me, I would absolutely be open to talking to you. I'm not okay with being yelled at. And that's being assertive. And it respects their rights as well as my own rights. And it does it in a way that is um, articulate and, to use the same word, assertive. Uh, with parenting, it's the same way. An aggressive style parent is going to say, if you miss that boundary, even by a minute, you'll regret it because you're going to be grounded for an entire month. A permissive parent, again, is going to say, oh, it's okay. You know, just try better next time. An assertive parent is going to say, hey, we talked about nine o'clock and you said that that was okay and you missed it. What happened? And then they'll give whatever reason. They'll say, I hear you. And, and I understand that you guys get stuck in traffic. Um, when we do set this boundary, it's really important that you meet it. And um, today, you know, we can go with it being a fluke. If it happens again, though, then we're going to have to talk about it. And there might be more consequences. We'll go with that. And, and that's an okay way to talk with your kids, even doing conscious parenting. Sometimes people hear the word gentle parenting, which is what has really taken off on social media, and they think permissive, but it's not that way at all. Okay. What can I do? if my husband and I are not on the same page besides divorce? And this was an actual question I got on one of my social media. A lot of those other ones I've just paraphrased because I get them a lot and I just wanted to answer them um, in general. But this is a very specific question. And the reason the besides divorce is there, I think is really important. When I see this comment come up in a lot of my videos on TikTok, uh, a lot of times people will say, well, you just need to leave that parent. But the problem is there is a couple. One, even if you separate from them, it is a high likelihood that that parent is still going to have visitation with your child. So they're still going to be using their same style of parenting. The only difference is you're not going to be there as a buffer in those moments. Now, I'm not anti-divorce. There are situations where we do need divorce. Um, now, I will say this, that divorce is harmful for young kids. And the younger they are, it tends to be more harmful. However, being in a toxic, abusive environment is more harmful. So if we're in an environment where children are constantly being belittled and um, denigrated and they're being treated very poorly or the parents are arguing a lot, it is better to go ahead and end that relationship and move on, even if it means that they're still going to have to make visits with that father or that father or mother, then they will still be able to um, have a grace period where they're not in that environment. It's not healthy that they have to be exposed to that but you can still create somewhat of a healthier place for them to be. So divorce isn't always the answer and it's not going to be good because sometimes um, you can have these conversations, right? And we also need to understand how damaging is that other parent being? Are they just, are they just a little bit more strict than I am? And as a um, parent who maybe was raised with that, am I a little bit more sensitive to it? Because we need, do need to be aware of that. For somebody who was raised in an authoritarian home and then has overcorrected by being more permissive, uh, an assertive tone can feel like an authoritarian one. So we need to be aware if we are um, accurately understanding or, or interpreting how that language is coming out. 
therapy and couples therapy can be a great place to be able to navigate that. Um, also, I think all parents really, if you can, should be in therapy anyway, just because one, parenting is hard and stressful and it's a great place to get some of that stuff out. And two, especially if you're trying to learn how to do this style of gentle parenting, uh, then it can really help you to have somebody you can bounce ideas off of and talk about the struggles so that you can continue the learning process. So if the other partner is not on board with conscious parenting, what you can do is have a conversation with them and practice the same skills that we're talking about with your kids with the other person. We can apply these skills to every relationship, as we said before, and your partner is no different. So if they come and they say, I'm just, I don't want them to be uh, entitled and I don't want them to think that the world's just, that they're going to just get participation trophies. What you say is, I hear that for you, it's really important that they don't feel entitled and that we hold boundaries. And they'll say, absolutely. And I don't like this gentle parenting stuff that just lets them do whatever they want. And I'd say, I hear you. Like, I don't want that either. Right. I don't want our child to, um, to feel like there's no boundaries and they get to do whatever they want. That's not okay. Uh, because we have to learn how to engage in boundaries. And they'll say, yeah, absolutely. And I'd say, I think that maybe, um, where, where I'm coming from, maybe you understand that as no boundaries. And and I, I'm hoping, are you okay with hearing how it definitely is boundaries, but maybe in a different way than what you're used to and see if you can have a conversation and, and open them up to being able to explore these things and talk about them because that will help your conversations and communication. And you might be able to get them to move a little bit. And if you can get them on board then you're able to have give your child two parents who are using a healthier style of parenting that is going to be able to support them. Then you can also give them some of the resources I mentioned before as you both engage on this journey of trying to uh, parent differently and create a new generation. And then ultimately understanding that even if the other parent is on board with trying this style of parenting and they listen to you, that they're still have habits of handling things the other way. So it's going to be a matter of being as not permissive, as um, forgiving of them as we are our children, as their learning skills. When we talk with parents and, and we say, hey, we're going to go ahead and start this new style of parenting, be forgiving of them and being as forgiving of them as we are children, as they're trying to learn new things. Because just because we're adults doesn't mean it's any easier for us to learn things. In fact, it can get a little bit harder to learn new things as we get up there in age. So as parents, we need to be forgiving of ourselves. We need to be forgiving of the other parent as they're learning. And we need to be forgiving of our children as they're trying to learn how to exist in the world. Okay. Now, the last question that I want to address today is how do I address hitting, biting, screaming, all those things? And this really goes into a, an important concept and the idea of parenting through a conscious parenting lens. And that is we look at behaviors a little bit different. Now, sometimes a behavior is just a behavior, right? Like a child gets mad and they swing and they hit. And, um, and that might be because developmentally they're just, they don't have the impulse control not to hit right now. Uh, but we also need to be able to look deeper and say, are there things going on here or are there skills that they need to learn in order to better be able to manage these situations? So if, for example, your child is four years old and they're biting other kids at preschool or they're biting their sibling at home, what you might want to do is 
try and figure out, is this a sensory need? Is it a teething need? Is it an anger need? Or is it a communication problem? And whatever it might be, and it could be more than one of those, then we're able to address that need at the root. So if it's a teething issue, then maybe they need to have something that they can kind of chew on. Uh, If it is a um, sensory issue, same thing. Give them something else that they can chew on that isn't a person. And then we try and redirect them anytime that they start to bite and give them the words to ask for that or to grab it off of their necklace or whatever they're carrying with them so they can use that in those moments rather than biting people. And eventually, with, with consistency and redirection, they will be able to pick that up and they'll be able to apply this different style, uh, a way of managing that situation. If it's they will get really mad and they don't know what else to do with their anger so they bite, then we need to teach them ways to, one, regulate their emotions, ways to feel safe in the environment, ways to be able to manage those problems as they show up, and ways to cope with the emotions. That way, when they get mad, they can use all of these other skills and it doesn't come out as biting. I like to look at this uh, in, in terms of like an iceberg where we all know the iceberg, the little part that sticks up out of the water is not the majority of the iceberg, right? The biggest part of it is underneath the surface. We don't see it. And the same thing often applies with children's behavior. Now, again, sometimes a tantrum is just about the blue cup, but if they're happening more often or more intensely or Uh, they're getting more violent, then it might be that there's other things going on under the surface. And as a conscious parent, we are working to try and understand that. An authoritarian parent is going to focus on the surface level and they're going to say, the behavior's bad, we need to change the behavior. I don't care about all the stuff underneath, just change the behavior. And as we do that, and we work on it from a conscious parenting lens, we're going to be teaching kids skills that will carry with them for the rest of their life. And I lied. There's one more bonus question that I wanted to answer. And that is, can I use gentle or conscious parenting with my neurodiverse kids? So kids more with like ADHD or autism. And the answer to that is a resounding yes. Um, It does still require a lot more patience and a lot of times to help uh, parent those children. But the great thing about conscious parenting is that it focuses on your children and addressing their specific needs in order to better be able to support them. So by doing that, we are able to work with kids for who they are rather than trying to put a neurotypical style of parenting and or beliefs and force it on our children. Instead, we're able to work with them with their strengths and weaknesses and it is a much more flexible and supportive environment. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Little Tots Big Talks podcast. If this episode was helpful for you, and I truly hope it was, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a review. If you are looking for more free tips, you can always pay me a visit on TikTok at Preschool Therapy, on Instagram at Preschool Therapist, or if you are looking for more in-depth information and support, consider joining my membership program. You can get more information and sign up by visiting preschooltherapist.com and click the membership link. Take care and I will see you next time.